What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Tailgate. This is Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 214. That's kind of funny, 214 tomorrow, February 14th. Um, so that kind of works out perfectly. We plan that. Uh, today, as we're recording, it is 213. Uh, so we're recording Tuesday night after a big Monday night victory over the Kansas Jayhawks, a 2-0 and basketball slate to discuss so much uh, more positive vibes on the show this week from both of us so excited to get into that we also got the UCF game to discuss so we'll be discussing that and of course we'll have a special edition of final shots discussing the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes third Super Bowl ring so looking forward to this episode and to catch everything we are doing here at tailgate talks you got to give us a follow follow us on Apple follow us on Spotify Give us those five stars, five stars for the tailgate, please. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate a review there. Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting with people. We live tweet during the games when we have opportunities to get tweets out. Um, when we're watching games uh, on the road, we get more tweets out that way. So if you want to get to know our thoughts as things are unfolding, give us a follow on Twitter. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. Been doing a little bit of like walking thoughts, uh, heading out of the USA, just kind of giving some, you know, immediate post game reaction. So follow our Instagram and we also have a YouTube channel uh, as well. So you can give us a follow there. Also email us, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, anything you'd like us to discuss on the show, we're all open ears there. So send us an email uh, to tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. With all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, higher spirits for the basketball team for the United Spirit Arena for Supermarkets Arena, excuse me, uh, for me and Dustin myself as the Red Raiders go two and zero this past week with win over UCF on Saturday and then a win over the Kansas Jayhawks, number six ranked Kansas Jayhawks on Monday to move to eighteen and six on the regular season and now seven and four in Big Twelve play. Uh, Following a three-game skid back, good to get back in the dub column. A little two-game winning streak. How you feeling this week now, Dustin, that the losing streak is over and we're back to talking about dubs? Feeling much better, obviously. And now we're on a winning streak, you know? Yeah. So we were skeptical of just going 1-1 one one last week and not going less than that. Now we're back to 2-0. So things are looking up, man. Everybody's yeah, healthy, are- so... Yeah, things are looking up. You got through the flu week. Yeah. Um, seemed like you were still battling it against UCF. You maybe weren't 100%. Guys still getting back into practice routines and all of that stuff. It seems like they were knocked on their ass pretty good. Um, so this was – the Kansas game was like the first game where it felt like you were really kind of back to full full health. Um, and we'll get into that one a little bit more. But you're feeling really good about yourself. You know you're still in the mix. You're just a game back in the Big 12 title race. Uh, in what's been a really chaotic Big 12 season, as we've discussed on here many times. Uh, so to be still in the thick of the race is nice uh, and, and a big one coming up Saturday, uh, which we'll dive into a little bit later. But we got to start off with the uh, win that got you off the three-game losing streak, and that was a 66-59 to victory over the UCF Knights on Saturday. It was a Saturday afternoon yeah. game. Um, and it uh, kind of felt like a, a regular Saturday afternoon non-Big 12 game. Uh, I don't yeah. know if the crowd really respected UCF all that much. It did not feel like a normal uh, Big 12 game. The uh, students didn't show out as much uh, for this one, but there was still decent energy when, when you needed the crowd to get up. It was, They got up, but it definitely didn't feel like a Big 12 game with UCF's first trip to uh, the United Supermarkets Arena. Dustin, your thoughts on the 66-59 victory over UCF? Yeah, I was going to start on a negative note. Now, I mean, never apologize for winning. Winning's always fun, especially in the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, this one just wasn't like 
a sweet win. I thought the energy sucked in the Spirit Arena. I know we were still 12, 13,000 deep in there, but everybody's kind of just like, man, it's this team from Orlando, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird game, too. It, and, like, it, they don't bring any buzz themselves, you know? Yeah. So, like, and the team wasn't really energized either to make us get mm-hmm. going. Like, so everybody's just kind of meh there to chill and watch a casual basketball game, it felt like. Um, and I thought the team played that way, too. Um, I thought they I thought they suck, UCF. I think yeah. they are god-awful. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out how they won four conference games. Like, and how they beat Kansas. <laughs> we didn't play good. No. I thought this was a big, we played down to our competition game. Yes, 100%. And we let them hang around literally all game. Like yeah. it was a, it was like a 5-point game pretty much the whole game give or take a little bit. Like Yeah, it never felt like you really got control of the game. And there was like a moment there kind of in the second half where you felt like you got it to 8 points. Um and then they came right back, you know, and it was one of those those games where it's like you felt like you were pulling away, but you could never get the kill shot in, and you just let him hang around and hang around. Yeah, and then like, just in general, like all I said was like first half was like they've only made like two shots. Yeah. Everything else is a very easy transition, like off a turnover or a rebound or an easy putback, <clears throat> and so mm-hmm. we were lucky like. They didn't crash the boards on us, really, to force that, which is a dumb thing to do against us. Um, And so kind of got lucky there, I thought. But, yeah, like first half, defense was okay, but then like transitions and putbacks were too easy. So, like, let them hang around way, way too much. Um, Then the last thing was like winning this one was just like way different than what we've seen this team do this year. Like – we didn't shoot the lights out of the team or get to the free throw line and make 20 free throws. Yeah. Like we just kind of grinded it out and wait for the clock to end. <laughs> it was really like truly one of those ugly big 12 games. Yeah. That you're just happy that you're at home and you figured out a way to win the game. Like nothing stat wise comes no. off the screen. <laughs> you know, you're 33% from three, you know, 13 to 15 from the free throw line. And take um, out Kerwin's threes, and you were awful. Yeah, Kerwin was. Kerwin had the little spurt where he hit four threes in the first half, which was nice. But then after that, he was kind of eliminated from the game. Um, and just kind of going back through the play by play, there was a point where you got a ten point lead in the first half. You had the twenty nine to nineteen lead with three minutes okay. left in the half, and they were able to get it to a six point lead yeah. at halftime. Um, and then the second half they came out and they closed the gap on you and, you know, it was grinded out the entire half until, you know, about, let's see here. You got it to, they got it to one. Then you were able to get it to an eight point game from there. They cut it to 49, 48, and then you go up 56, 48. And that's the point I think, let's see, chance hits a three and the crowd's starting to go wild and you, I think you play swag surf at that point feels like that should be the wrap but then here they come right back in they cut it 58 56 and you're like oh my gosh are we really gonna let this one slip through our hands like it it felt like that over and over like they were making the hustle plays um they were doing everything to stay in that game they got it to a one point game there 58 57 uh and then after that you know they only score one more basket and you're able to to get make the plays necessary to win it but it definitely wasn't like a feel-good victory no at all (laughs) and that was the concerning part is like you're looking for this team to be able to put teams that they're better than away and not really keep them around and i tweeted it out in the game i was like we we can't put teams away now of course (laughs) the kansas game uh you know shows shows differently but you know i thought we just did our best job to keep ucf engaged in that game yeah kept giving them um Kept giving them a chance. Kept giving them a little bite. You should have went on a run in that second half. I don't know where it was, but their really good guard and point guard picked up his like third or fourth foul. Oh, yeah. Picked up his fourth foul, yeah. And like there was 
good amount of time left. And like, we didn't do anything while he was out. Like, didn't create a gap really in there. And like, we were really like, we noticed it. And we were like, oh, hell yeah. This is great. That's their best player by far and really good defender. And we yeah. just did nothing with it. Yeah, did nothing. You know, I'll give credit to UCF. Like, they, yeah, you know, they kept fighting. Um, and, and, you know, you kept giving them the opportunities and they were doing their best <laughs> yeah. to take advantage of it. Uh, and when you look at the stats, it's, you know, they, they led you in points in the paint. Um, you know, they, the, the crazy thing is, is you actually out rebounded them, which in the game, it didn't feel like that no. at all. Like, mm-hmm. it, I was one of those stats that I saw that kind of shot. I think me early over. on, they got a lot of those. Oh, offense yeah. rebounds and putbacks, but then after that we kind of cracked down on it. But it didn't yeah, yeah. feel that way, yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel that way. Um, you led the rebounding forty-four to thirty-seven. You had more offensive rebounds than they did, um, so that's a nice little stat to have there for you. But you know, ultimately, just just one of those games that you're just happy to escape with a dub. Nothing to yeah. nothing super that you're going to remember about this game yeah. at the end of the year. It's going to be one of those forgotten games. Um, some stats from that one, Darian Williams led you with 13 points and also 13 boards. So a double, double from him, uh, and what's becoming a very consistent performances yeah. from him offensively, defensively rebounding. Uh, and of course we'll talk a lot more about Darian after the Kansas game pop struggled offensively, seven points, six assists, another game with kind of a high turnover count with three, um, Kerwin, we mentioned 12 points. He had four threes there in the first half that all kind of came in that stretch, which was really nice, uh, to see him get going. And then was frustrating to not really be able to get him going again after that. I, I, we, I don't think we got him another look from three after, after that start. Um, and then Warren Washington had another double, double for you, 10 points, 11 boards. Um, so, uh, you know, big stat for me, this one, especially because of rebounding was that you did indeed out rebound UCF. And I think they were hurt a little bit by not having their best big man. He was rolled out of the game, um, kind of the day of, so we all kind of found that out as we were headed to the stadium. So, um, who knows how much that affected their play? Um, who knows how that affected our play if we had planned on scheming against him and then he's not going to play. So like you talked about with the Baylor game how we didn't have Warren Washington and how that might be an advantage. Well, you have to go to UCF and you don't really know what it's like to play against this guy. So that right. could be an advantage for them. And of course, you not know, feeling super, com- uh, you know, despite the Kent's game, I still not super confident that we're going to go on the road and beat UCF after we played like that against them. How about, how, what do you think? I feel confident still. Cause I thought they suck and are dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm just being honest with what I watched. Like, yeah, I didn't see anything good. good from them. Like, I thought they were awful, and we just played bad and down to their competition, like their level. Yeah. And so, like, I think if we play even average, we should still should. beat them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> but you know, you never know on the road in the Big Twelve, yeah. and you know they've they've done a pretty good job at winning at home games, and so that that does make me nervous and. And if we are a team that's going to play to like your opponent's levels, then that just kind of shows that maybe we're going to go there and play to their oh, level. Well. If they get a couple hot streaks because they're home, uh, you know, it could be a rough one. But ultimately, you get the job done there. You got off the zero and three skid back in the win column, moved to six and four in conference play, seventeen wins. So you eclipsed last season's win total there, um, which is nice to do in Grant McCaslin's first year. And then in comes the number six Kansas Jayhawks on a big Monday. Quick turnaround for both teams. Kansas uh, survived a close one against Baylor. We were watching the end of that one. Baylor had a look to tie it and send it to overtime, but missed. Uh, no Kevin McCuller. Uh, so Dang. that was unfortunate. Your thoughts on missing out on uh, Kevin McCuller's last opportunity to play in Lubbock? Yeah, I'm not sorry for him. I'm also wasn't hoping he would play just so we could play him. Yeah because that was a big loss for Kansas. He's a first-team Big 12 guy and doing really, really well and is a really good defender, especially could have yeah. guarded our one of our two smaller guards really well. Um, so, yeah, on the court, I was great that he got to sit on the bench and watch them get their ass kicked. Yeah, I had no – you know, it would have been nice to be able to beat a Kansas team with McCuller, but I wasn't, I was like, hell yeah, here's a great opportunity. Cause you need this win. And like we talked about with our flu games and stuff, 
Uh, nobody's going to do. There's Ooh. not an asterisk on this game because Kevin McCullough was hurt. Um, I saw some Kansas fans crying that, you know, McCullough oh, yeah. was hurt and Dewan Harris. It's like, hey, we've been missing one of our starters. Uh, That's sports. Of the That's everything yeah. at every level. Like, get over it. Yeah, don't talk to us. We were we lost Devin Cambridge, <laughs> and then so we literally had to um, play with a six yeah. six and under team to against Baylor yeah. two, a week ago. Yeah, we're not here for the sympathies. We're not going to cry for you. Um, it definitely gave you an advantage, and so was was fine with that news. And of course, Dewan Harris was a little hampered. Sure. He uh, hurt his ankle in the Baylor game, kind of late in that game. So he definitely came in with the advantage in this one, and man, you just took it to him. Um, you took it to him. They're at number six team in the country. I don't want to hear the bullshit that they were missing one player, and that completely just destroys a team like Kansas, where yeah. you're getting all the top recruits. Like, come on. Um, and you took it to them, seventy nine to fifty. You beat them by more than they beat twenty nine. Beat them by twenty nine points. More than they just beat Darian Williams by himself, 50 to 30. <laughs> they only beat Darian Williams <laughs> by 20 points. You beat them right. by 29. I just, you know, crazy game. Um, your thoughts on what was a really fun Monday night at the USA. Another whiteout victory over Kansas. Seems like when we go whiteout over Kansas, it, it equals victory. Yeah, put that in pin for every year that we get to play them. Wide out against Kansas and some sick throwback type uniforms. Those with are some so sweet, sweet, like pinstripe side shorts type deal. Those, those are the best whites that the we've white worn. With black in lettering was nice. Like it was a sick look. Um, so that was great. But yeah, no McCuller, limited. You can say limited Harris. He was limping a little bit second half, but then they're already a thin bench. Like yeah. worse than you are. They basically play six guys from what I hear. Um, mostly the five starters do everything. So like the fact that they were already on their six guy to start with and then had a little yeah. foul trouble here and there. They ended up going like seven and eight deep and they never have to do that. And those guys are just not experienced and he doesn't play them for a reason, not as good basically. So like <clears throat> that was great for you. Like Yeah. So but you still got a lot of good players, like you just mentioned. Like you still have Harris out there, who went five for five from deep on us last year. Yep. You know, Hunter Dickinson's a massive seven-two center that's been around for a long time and was the number one transfer. We'll talk about him more in a little bit. And KJ Adams, a freak athlete. They yep. always have a freaking six-nine white guy that can shoot the hell out of the ball, and they have one of those. So like, you still had your other four starters that are really good. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're all their starters lead the conference in a one stat. Like, yeah, that's a solid starting four. Kind of like I expected, though. Like, the energy in the building was way up and higher. I could just feel it when I was in there pregame in Club Red, fifteen thousand deep. It was sold out. Your team brought way more energy, especially to start with. Like, you started the game off hot, make draining threes on their ass, like playing good defense, turning over uh Harris and so like you brought it pretty much all game. Um I think the only negative I had written down that kind of was a carryover from UCF was like the transition defense is awful. Yeah. And it was really awful on display against Kansas because Harris made us look stupid a lot. It was way, way, way too easy. It looked like a layup drill full court layup drill in high school type stuff so like that was my only gripe about this game and it's kind of carried over from the last couple games yeah i bet that was i didn't get to hear the post game show or post game interviews i couldn't find like it either. that I, um but i bet that would be Grant mccaslin's one gripe because if you, you know i was... can rewatch the game today and like the Two times he calls timeouts were yep. after you gave up wide open layups on it. You it went like terrible, terrible. Yeah. Ninety seconds in the second half and gave up a really easy two pass yeah. layup, and he, he like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> come here. <laughs> you know, you know, this is one of my favorite things. You remember how hard it was to get Mark Adams to call a fucking timeout last year? You just sit there and like let these games. I'm so like it's so nice to have a coach who just like will call a timeout. Like, yeah, I know you only have four of them, but. Man, he will use him. 
And it's it's he's not gonna let these games get out of hand. Like Adams would just be like, let no. you them go on a 10-0 run, and next thing you know, you're out of the game. He's not gonna do that. That's that's one of the nice things about McCaslin that like I don't think we've talked about uh, that people have really mentioned just because it's one of the, the, those things you don't really notice in the games because he's actually using the timeouts. While you're on that, yeah, he uses timeouts great, whether the other team's on a run or your team just does some stupid, like, easy yeah. transitions that they're not up ready for half, basically. Um, but his out-of-timeout play calls have been amazing. Fantastic. I don't yeah, know if it's I, 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 him or Dave Smart – but they're great coming out of timeouts. And our last two head coaches were our last oh coaches for since forever that I can remember. We've throw never had a good coach for the timeout staff. <laughs> so, like, it's just, amazing. Just throw it over half court and let the guy bring it down. We that can barely get it in sometimes. Sometimes we didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, one of the key parts of the game, and, you know, this was, this was definitely your f- best – 40 minute big 12 yes. game where you played start to finish. You had that one little four minute stretch where you went scoreless kind of right at the start. You jump up on them 12 to four. Yep. You let them come back and tie the game at 12. And then after that, you led for the rest of the way, but that little four minute stretch, they get back into the game. Grant calls a timeout uh, or I can't remember if he called a timeout or if it was a timeout on the floor. Either way, you had the ball and you run this beautiful out of bounds play that gets Kerwin a wide open three. He knocks it down. Like, that's just stuff you couldn't count on in the last few years. And I think I saw a stat, like, Austin Massey might have posted it. I can't remember what tech account, so sorry um, if you're listening to this. But somebody posted that. I think we're, we lead the country in uh, points per possession after out-of-bounds or timeouts or something like that. And, like, that's not shocking because, I mean, you're getting dudes open. Like, these plays are really, really well drawn up. And like you said, I'm not sure who to credit on that on the staff. Right. um, you know, the staff as a whole has put together some beautiful out of bounds plays to get you open looks, get Kerwin an open three. Like we couldn't, like we couldn't dream of having that with past coaches. And so that's really nice. But yeah, you know, my thoughts on the game, this was just really fun. This was, you sure. know, the when you beat Kansas this bad, it's just enjoyable. We stayed till the very end. We soaked it all up. We're usually like a blowout. We'll, we'll try to get out a little bit early just to beat Mm-mm. traffic, but when you're beating Kansas by 29, you want to soak it in. because Not many people get, left early either. Not many people left early. You want to soak in every last second of it because beating Kansas like that just doesn't happen a whole whole lot. And so uh, it was really fun. I thought everybody played pretty well. Uh, you know, some players obviously struggled offensively, but you had Darian Williams carry you. And ultimately, yeah. like, Hunter Dickinson looked like a fool. Um, K.J. Adams was kind of taken out of the game. Oh. Like, you really just limited Kansas to where – like rewatching the game, they had thir- they were in the thirties with like seven minutes left in the oh, game. I, know. I was watching, I was like, this is great. They kind of like, gave up. Yeah, they you definitely can tell gave up. a little bit. Like they didn't get creative and try different things once it got to like twenty and that like seven ish minute mark. They're kind of like, whatever, get it to KJ or Dickinson and just do whatever kind of thing. So Yeah. But yeah. I didn't want to talk about Dickinson and KJ real quick though. Like you have it in our notes to go in. So like Dickinson, number one transfer recruit this year, you know, big seven, two guy from Michigan, great career so far. And averaging 18 points a game. Yeah. He looked like 11 a rebounds. big, dumb, slow bitch out there to me. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it it was terrible. awful. He was awful. 10, 10 <laughs> points combined between KJ and Hunter Dickinson. Three of 22 from the field for both of them. Um, and his his three-pointer from the top that was wide oh, right man. was amazing. That was uh, my favorite air ball I've ever seen. <laughs> he looked scared shooting it. Like I, I remember like watching him. I was like, he oh, like, my God. this got it in one hand. and then Yeah, you were like, uh-oh, this is going to be bad. And that was then, hilarious. Like, and then – you know, shout out to Warren and Jennings. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Defended yeah. their ass off on him to make him uncomfortable when he's the bully and the dickhead. You know, grabbing Jennings all the time, rubbing his head on Warren and elbows Dude, and I, stuff. Yeah, I thought it was bad in the game. I saw video, but, like, a whole clip but, of stuff. But yeah, like in the game, you can't see closely kind of all the stuff that's happening right so all the little like, tugs I, and nudges oh and the the freaking head thing he did to warren washington do you see that one where he just like oh yeah 
what a little bitch, man. Like I a fucking dog out there. <laughs> I, I like while we're on it, and, and you know, the big part of this game will be Darian Williams. We'll get to that, but oh yeah, I, I thought in in game I tweeted out I was like Hunter Dickinson is officiated different than everybody else I've seen play basketball this year, and rewatching the game and then seeing all that stuff on Twitter and like I feel a hundred percent confirmed on that like he is constantly just fouling he would have fouled out in the first half if they actually call everything and it's yeah. just kind of one of those things where remember like the press virginia days where west virginia would just foul you so much there's like right. they're not going to call anything he does so much crap that they, they're just not going to call everything um but then you know the one bill self and and this is another topic but yeah bill self gets ejected the foul that he got that he was pissed about yeah. he's just shoving jennings like three times he fouled yeah, jennings three times three different times like you found him three times before they fucking blew the whistle finally. And it was like, what are you crying about? Like, these are obvious, clear fouls. And like, maybe he's just mad because they haven't been calling them all game or all season from, for what it seems, because like, he's just cheap shotting like Jennings and Warren gotta be sore as hell today. Oh all yeah. The rib shots, the face shots. Like they, they, they took his elbows like all parts of parts of their body. Like I feel <laughs> I feel bad for them, but they're the unsung heroes of this game for me is just because I kind of thought he was going to have his way with our defense maybe, oh, yeah. and it was going to be kind of one of those things where uh, Hunter Dickinson goes off, but you limit everybody else, and that's how you win. But Warren and Jennings, Jennings, great. man, I thought he was going to dominate Jennings, but Jennings played great defense. Like yeah. both of them combined were incredible. But I, I left that game being like Hunter Dickinson is an embarrassment to college basketball. Like that's how I feel. And like yeah. sorry, Ken's fans, he sucks. He's terrible. Let's He's come terrible back to game. that Dickinson elbow in a second because just KJ Adams real quick. It's like yeah, freak athlete, probably the best overall athlete in the Big Twelve. Yeah, like, just what he can do, like explosive wise and crashing rebounds. But like we never let him get comfortable and like you know his. Three footers were six footers, and his, you know, eight yeah. footers were more like ten and twelve. Like we just pushed it on just a little bit, and then like, I feel like every shot of his just rimmed out. Mm-hmm. Just, whoop, whoop, nothing was falling, and maybe that was just us getting lucky, or maybe it was part of like Dude, we pushed him out. Good. We pushed him out just just another foot or two to make him a little uncomfortable, and like. <laughs> Rewatching the game today, it was clear to me that KJ and Hunter were both just like yeah. they were kind of flustered by the defense because so. KJ never looked comfortable going up. Like, and, and Fran said this on the on the broadcast. He was like, he normally just like makes these like these are automatics for him, and he's like shooting them. And they're like, as soon as they leave his hand, you're like, oh yeah, there's no way that's going in. Like, it would take like some gift from the gods to bounce off the rim for it to fall in like they all look terrible like every one of his shots yeah and then like last thing with those two like kj's a really good offensive rebounder obviously hunter dickinson's seven two and we're not even close to that um especially when warren's not out there and like we fought our ass off on the boards to dominate them and like kj didn't have any offensive rebounds of note that i was like you know pissed off about and so like that's always a big plus when you can keep him off the boards yeah, three offensive rebounds between the two, um, ten total rebounds I think only had, between the two. Like, yeah, that's that's huge. I think they only had uh, four like, offensive rebounds total in the game. Like everybody, the whole yeah. team. It's so. uh, the, that was an impressive feat, and well, um, because of the rebounding, how kind of bad it's been in in the last two games. It was you amazing. Completely dominated the boards. Like this game, you dominated forty-two to twenty-six on the glass. Wow. And of course, it was never close. Making, it was never close. And of course, you were making a lot more shots, so there's not less stuff for them to rebound. But to like, I, I, I didn't see that stat happening. Um, Zero second chance points. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, that's incredible. And they had some opportunities. They had some like putback opportunities, but it was one of those things. Like Hunter Dickinson was off. He he couldn't make those. KJ Adams, he was off. He couldn't he couldn't finish. Um, and so now that leads to the man of the night. The oh. the one of the it, it's top. Two. I I don't know if I can name another. It may be the best performance I've ever seen from a Red Raider live. Um, <laughs> Darian Williams, the man. Darian Williams had himself a night on Monday. 30 points, 12 for 12 from the field. Four for four from three-point line. Two for two from the free throw line. 11 rebounds. Uh, three assists. Two steals. One block. Like, the dude was a maniac on the court. Like, it was unreal to watch that performance. Um, and you know, it's easy to just see those offensive numbers, but defensively he, he was guarding KJ Adams. 
KJ Adams had probably the worst game of his career, like since he's been a starter last night. Like he held him to one for ten from the field. Like Darian, he had a sick block on him. Like he was doing it all. Um, and then to go 12 for 12, four for four from three. And like, these weren't layups, man. He was like making tough yeah. shots, tough post shots over KJ Adams, over whoever. It didn't matter who they threw on him. He was taking him, taking him to school, man. It was an unreal performance. I'm still living in it. That's why I wanted to rewatch the game. I just wanted to relive that performance because it was crazy. He was going crazy. The, the team was going crazy. One of my favorite parts in the rewatch was just like, I think after he hit 30 points and when they, we called the timeout to get him out and just like all of his uh, Devin Cambridge, Joe, like everybody just coming out there, the excitement, they look like little kids watching that performance. It was insane. How, what go, go in on Darian Williams. Cause I, I, we can't talk about him enough in that performance last night. Yeah, a perfect game, 30-point perfect game. And he's not out there just playing offense. He's getting blocks, big-time rebounds. Like, he did it all, man. Led you in minutes. It was was truly amazing to watch him. And, like, you said, yeah, contested shots. These weren't all easy open threes and layups. Like, he had half of those points were – back downs and turnarounds in the free throw lane with a dude jumping at him, you know? Yeah. And he had to bank one in. He had one that hit, hit the dead back of the iron and just flopped in. Like everything was falling, man. And it was, it was amazing to watch. Like there's a good chance we never see that ever again. And that we, we physically watch like a literally over 10 shots, 30 point perfect game. Like that's that incredible. Yeah, incredible, phenomenal. Like, I, like the, there aren't words for it. I think I saw a post that has like been twenty five years since that's happened against a, a ranked team. Um, this is it's been ten years or plus since that's happened to, in the Big Twelve. Like the the stats about it were pretty uh, crazy. But yeah, just to uh, just to fill that out, you know that that's He's gotta a feel incredible. Yeah, we've we've man. Uh, it's only just beginning like and, and this last handful of games he's really been kind of coming alive offensively his yeah. threes starting to fall um his threes uh, they all were just swish you know they they were nothing but net he's just to be in that kind of zone has got to feel amazing i would just yeah. uh, like I, I was just in awe i was just in awe last night it was just unreal to keep like every time he had the ball, it was like it's going in, and that that's the fun part of rewatching this game because it's like every time he shoots ball, he's going like, in. Makes the rewatch because he's like, "Oh, where's his one miss? Oh, there isn't one. If he's shooting the ball, there's points coming on the board. You know, that's crazy." And it's you know watching us develop. You know, there's about a month of the season left till we get to the playoffs, March Madness. And this is when you start to really kind of develop into who you are, and it's been. Yeah. One, I see like his takeoverness, kind of control of the offense when we need him to go, you know, back to the basket type stuff. But then, like, I also see it as you have a lot of options. Yeah. You know, it's not just the pop show like it was at the start of Big 12 when he was going for 20 every game. You know, you got chance that's poured in 20 plus multiple times. Yeah, you know, Kerwin can hit four threes, bang, 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 right in a row in your face. And now you got Darion who can yeah. go for thirty. I mean, he's probably not gonna go for thirty again, but like he's you, becoming you got guys, and yeah. you got options, you know. And that's that's a good thing to have when you're going into you know Big Twelve tournament and conference in uh, March Madness. Yeah, he's been uh, double digits like the last handful of games like he's becoming a guy and after he scores 30 in a performance like that like teams are gonna have to start keying in on him which mainly maybe means all right maybe some more space for pop you know like you score 79 points in this game and pop had seven joe had six like your two leading scorers like at different parts of the year both really weren't factors scoring wise in this game pop was one for nine he got the majority of his points from the free he hit his like yeah his one three really early like third third shot of the game yeah he was effectively taken out of the game joe hit two threes in the first half and then you know really didn't do anything from there on and so he needed somebody to step up and and it was his night and he uh took control of this game for you and anytime you needed to to get a bucket to kind of you know make sure that kins wasn't going to get back in the game he was consistent and he would hit the shot he would get the basket get you in the right play 
Um, and so, yeah, just another weapon that's really emerging for this offense. Um, as you said, like as this season goes on, he's becoming another guy that you can really count on to go get you buckets. And, you know, we've been on it from the start about how, you know, the, those little post-ups with him and, and how that action has really been awesome for your offense. But yeah. now if his three-point shot's falling, like, I don't know how you're defending. It looks good, too. He's gotten more You're confident off. in pulling yeah. the trigger. So love that. Yeah, he pulled he pulled one up on, on Hunter Dickinson, just like not yeah. in rhythm or he anything. He looked at him. Like, All right. All right. <laughs> Boom. I'm feeling it tonight. Hit it right in his eye. Uh, and I think that was like right after he got that block. So um, just can't say enough good things about Darian Williams in that game last night. He had the USA going wild. He had Twitter going wild. Like uh, yeah. it's once it's kind of like a once in a lifetime performance. And so uh, really cool to get to witness that had to uh, spend a good bit of time talking about that. The next kind of big part of this game was we got to see a career first. Another historic part of the night was Bill Self getting ejected from a college basketball game for the first time ever. Dustin, how fun was that? <laughs> that was great. And that was awesome. Kind of low key ejection. Like he yeah. wasn't freaking out. He wasn't halfway on the court. I mean, I watched the game the, the other night. Word, I think Buzz Williams jumped and hopped his way to half court to call a timeout. And they just gave him a warning. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. <laughs> they <laughs> obviously weren't in the same memo that uh, the big 12 refs were in that, you know, and, hey, make sure the coaches are in the box. <laughs> but yeah, good to see him get kicked. I mean, I don't think he really cared because they were getting their ass kicked all game and down like 20 at the time with like yeah. seven minutes left. So he's like, whatever, I'll go to the locker room early. This is, I mean, we're not doing anything anyway. So I, but yeah, that's crazy when I heard that was his first ejection at Kansas ever. I mean, I know in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, they've really gotten a, uh, he's gotten a lot of grace with his yeah. antics and yelling and bitching on the sideline yeah. at refs. I, so I went back and there was times where I, you could hear him saying that's bullshit to the ref. Like he uh, clear as day, just saying it, you know? Um, and then I watched his press conference after the game today. Um, yeah. And they addressed that, you know, he was like, I wasn't trying to get kicked out, but I guess he was on the court and then, you know, was still complaining. So they were like, you know what? Just get out of here. So, yeah. Uh, like the magic word. But then he went in a little bit on the officiating being terrible. And his point was it's too physical. And one, that's ironic that Bill Self, with all his antics and shenanigans and how much yelling he's done over the years at refs, but then how much of a whistle they get. Oh, yeah. You can't say in, that. Yeah. One, in Fog Allen, and then two, in the big 12 tournament that's in Kansas every year too, in Kansas city. Like they yeah. got, and Twitter was doing the same thing. It's like, y'all have no room to talk Mm-mm. and complain about officiating or an ejection or it's too physical and stuff's not getting called. And if that's the case, kind of circle back to your point. Well, Hunter Dickinson would have been thrown out in the first half for elbowing dudes in the head. Yeah. If it's too physical, yeah, maybe talk to your center who initiates half the seventy five percent of the time he's initiating the contact. I just couldn't believe that, and he was yeah. dead serious about it. That's just not understanding who you are as a team and a program. Like, take a step back and realize how many games you won because refs have just handed you handed you victories because of bad calls. I mean, you beat TCU because of a bad call. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just terrible uh, to say that. And then you know, rewatching the game, you know, and just seeing Hunter Dickinson's antics and like you can't say that's too physical. Your dudes like there was one play in the game where, um, you know, Warren Washington got the foul of all people, but as he's running down the court, Hunter Dickinson just comes up and checks him, just like comes up, and creates co- uh, contact out of nowhere. You couldn't see it on the TV, but I remember watching it in the game. Yeah. I was like, wow, he just checked him. And then Warren immediately goes in and just tr- not even trying to check him, but just trying to, hey, you're initiating the contact and the yes. physicality there. And then Warren gets a little bump and now it's a foul. It's like your player initiates the contact. He's the one elbowing dudes in the face, slapping dudes in the face, head butting people in the games. Like, get out of here with that. That's just a weak excuse. Uh, and the foul count was pretty, you know, 14, 14. So, you know, going back and rewatch the game, you know, I thought the refs did a pretty decent job. There was a couple calls that they missed. I obviously think that they kind of 
hold Hunter Dickinson's hands throughout the game, but um, I didn't really have too much to complain about, and that's rare that you say that against Kansas. So yeah, um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a fun part of that game when when he got tossed, and you know, I thought it was maybe his last ditched effort to try to get maybe his team going and see if they can. You know, I think at that point he knew the writing was on the wall; they weren't going to win that game, but maybe yeah. get to you know try to fight back a little bit, a little bit of pride, and instead you end up just blowing it out of the water from there. <laughs> and so yep. um, really impressive performance from this team and a team like that. We just said against UCF kind of felt like a team that wasn't going to be able to blow anybody out really. You know, it was like you kind of couldn't close these games out, but multiple times uh, when Kansas had opportunities to kind of cut into the lead, you were able to uh, sustain and then build on that lead and uh, end up blowing out the number six team by 29 points. <clears throat> and but- that's a it was a huge resume builder. We've already seen all the oh, numbers yeah. that's come out. Ken Palm and net ratings are up like fifteen points. Yeah, you jumped. Oh, <laughs> that's massive. And you, you know, jumped like thirteen spots in net. Like you said earlier, and I said with the Baylor game, there's no asterisks on these games. Mm-mm. Like the computers and these people doing rankings, they just see you beat number six Kansas. Yeah, and that gets you a lot of credit. So I don't care that McCullough was out and dudes were sick and hobbled. We got a lot of benefit from that. Yep. Yep. And that's what you like to see. Hey, McCullough's out, but you still have another player of the year person and Hunter Dickinson right there. And and the defensive player of the year. Yeah. (laughs) National champion and Dwan Harris and KJ Adams, who's uh, probably going to be a all conference player. Um, So yeah, there's, you know, um, we're not here for the excuses. Nope. Uh, and so fun to see some, you know, other stats besides the stats of Darian Williams, which once again, just incredible stat line from him. Um, Warren Washington, 11 points and six boards, uh, you know, great defense. Jennings, eight points off the bench for you. Amazing defense. Just can't, you know, they, they played incredible defense. Warren at one point was just like limping up the court um, and ultimately kind of left the game a little bit early. But Jennings, you know, he matched that energy, he had a sick breakaway yeah. dunk. Uh, yeah. No joke. That was awesome. Um, Pop, you know, we mentioned seven points, one of nine shooting, but did have five assists, so still finding a way to affect the game. Had some really nice passes uh, in that game that that helped create buckets. So good to see him, despite, like, not scoring, still being able to impact the game positively. That's something that, you know, we wanted to see more from him in his freshman year to his sophomore year, and he's been able to kind of continue doing that. Um, you shot 38% from three compared to the 18% shot by Kansas. Um, and you, you know, shot really 57% only... in the yeah. first half. Think you, what, seven or eight threes in the eight. first half that you made? Eight threes. <laughs> um, yeah, he came out the gates hot. It was fun. And it was everybody. You know, Kerwin hit a couple chance hits. Um, Joe. Joe. Pop, Darian. Um, like, yeah, it was, it was all everybody was shooting the ball good. Uh, and then again, rebounding 42 to 26, just a domination on the board. Something that like a week ago you didn't think you would be saying um a stat line there you got one more point no um this is just like you can use both these weeks of film like obviously ucf this is not how we want to play and keep teams around yeah kansas game this is how we want to play look at this defense look at this rebounding like yeah let's go this is what we need to use and utilize and do yeah, that's the blueprint because the defense was super engaged the entire game, uh, as engaged as I've seen it this season um, and, and throughout, you know, the whole entire 40 minutes. And so, uh, you know, a couple spurts of transition defense, you got to clean up. Mm-hmm. But, but really, if you're able to play that kind of defense with the offensive capabilities that this team has, like, hey, you know, a run is possible. And so uh, interested to see um, what how this team plays this weekend, which brings up the upcoming games next up is another big one it is currently one of the leaders in the big 12 conference it is the number 10 iowa state cyclones they are currently 19 and 5 8 and 3 in big 12 play after a win in cincinnati tonight so that's uh, uh been a team that's been really good this conference season uh, that game tips off at 11 a.m on saturday and then you follow that up with a tuesday nighter uh the uh, second game against TCU as they come to Lubbock. They're currently 17-7, 6-5 in conference play, and that'll be uh, a big one to get some revenge on them for beating you earlier this season. Dustin, your thoughts on these upcoming two games for the Red Raiders, more specifically 
this big one against Iowa State on Saturday. Yeah, the Iowa State's a rough place to play. Yep. Uh, I mean, yep. they're all the way back. Top 10 team, really, really good team. And you're right there with them on the uh, Big 12 race, you know, in that top top five type area. So, like, really big game. But which team do you get? You know, yep. more of a UCF TCU type game or more of a Kansas type game? Like, how you respond and come out and play and rebound – is, is how you're going to get. Um, so it's good that you got two wins this last week yeah. um, and got Needed. dropped out of the rankings, which probably granted, but made the 29-point win against Kansas even better because made yeah. for some good stats against Kansas. <laughs> made some history for them. So, um, yeah, kind of just gets you back on track in the Big 12 race of things. Um, and then overall, like, I'm not – Baylor's probably your last really hard home game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Iowa State's probably your last really hard road game. Everything else is pretty winnable. winnable. Yeah. And like pretty winnable, but like I'd say like 60, 40% type win. Like you like should, you should beat. Like you're better than Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and right. UCF. That's, you should yeah, that's all I mean. Like, yeah. yeah, you can definitely lose any game, but win, yeah. more than winnable games. Yeah, more than winnable. It's a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch if you can get through this Iowa State game. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I just always always just ask to see us be competitive out there. You know, never want to go see us get blown out. Um, you know, kind of crush your momentum after having this Kansas game and then complete do a 180 flip and, and oh, not no. look anything like it would be pretty frustrating. But, you know, maybe this team's kind of hitting that little – uh, late February, early March groove. Um, you know, maybe we're back to health. And of course, having the game on Monday night uh, helps you get, you know, four days of full rest here and yeah. and, and get ready for what's going to be a battle. But yeah, always interested to see how this team plays in hostile environments. It's, you know, you played pretty well on the road uh, be- besides that Houston game. You know, you, you beat Texas and OU on the road. Uh, you were in that TCU game and you were in those that Baylor game. Um, and so this is going to be a good opportunity to, you know, get a cool, cool upset um, and, and really supplant yourself as in the, yeah. the mix for a Big 12 title. Um, uh, just go out there and compete. You know, that's really what I want to see. And then I would love to get that revenge on TCU, as I don't think Mike Peavy is going to be shooting like he did last time we played. I don't think TCU will be shooting the ball like they did last time we played them. And so I think. Um, you know, obviously got to win your home games. I think down the stretch yep. here, uh, I, I would like to see us go undefeated the rest of the way here home. Um, and then we'll see what happens Saturday, but, uh, we'll be back next week to discuss these two basketball games and how the red Raiders fare in this stretch, uh, would love to be able to talk about two more victories. We'll see what happens. Make sure you're tuned in on Saturday. It's an early one, 11 AM. Maybe that plays into our favor. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> Um, but we'll get that basketball game out of the way. Make sure you follow us on Twitter if you want to get our inter, uh, interact with us as we watch that game on Saturday. But that will do it for our Texas Tech basketball coverage for this week. Two victories in the books, a 7-4 and four Big 12 record, an 18-win season after going just 16 wins last year. So uh, things in heading in the right direction here in the first year of the Grant McCaslin uh, era. So excited for things to come and excited to cover this team. But before we get out of here, we've got a f- Super Bowl edition of Final Shot. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions yet again. Dustin, I'll uh, give the floor over to you to talk about what you want to hit on from this past Super Bowl. Hell yeah. Mahomes wins another one. Another. Three-time champ, three-time Super Bowl MVP. Is only 28 years old, and this was the year you needed to get him because of how shitty that receiving core was. (laughs) That's what I loved, like, seeing all the tweets was like, this was the year to get him, like, kind of mediocre offensive line, no receivers, and they still won. (laughs) And first half was pretty awful both ways, Um, more so for the Chiefs, but, like, second half and overtime was an amazing game. Yeah, it like, took off there. Kind of mid, I was getting pretty third. worried halfway through the third. Like, I don't know how they score and get enough and are close to this. And then 
The muff punt happens. Boom. First play touchdown. And that flipped the whole game from there. And the Chiefs never stopped after that. Like every yeah. possession was a some kind of score. I mean, I think I saw his last four possessions were go ahead, tie, go ahead, tie, like something like that. And it was go ahead, tie, tie, game winner. Winner. Yeah. So scored every time. He was amazing in the second half, especially his running. Yeah. <laughs> the the keeper on like that that fourth, fourth and there. one that was wide open, the C part, and he ran for like 20 was awesome. Uh, but yeah, and then MVS didn't drop some stupid passes. He had one dummy. He had that one play where he like went all the way went back. Ba- went backwards like eight yards. That was, um, that was one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen. I was like, dude, fall down. <laughs> yeah. And then Miko Hardman doesn't fumble. You know, they don't run a reverse with him. They run the exact same play they won Super Bowl last year. Yeah, corn dog, baby. The corn dog, you know, in and out, wide open. With a little ketchup and mustard. <laughs> and, yeah, Andy Reid. I, I heard stuff today, and they were like, dude, Andy Reid coached circles around Sean McVay. Yeah. Like, bes- besides Mahomes and Kelsey, like, outside of Mahomes, like, they have Kelsey and nothing. Yeah, the Whereas, Niners have the better team. Niners had four all-pros. Yeah. The Chiefs defense is, is – pretty up there in like defenses we've seen and they did awesome especially that secondary and then chris jones you know when that game fourth quarter he turned it on dude's a beast yeah Yeah. all the talent and athletes were on the san francisco side and And, on like pretty much every other team they faced in the playoffs yeah andy reed mahomes used a rookie and rasheed rice and mvs and Nico Hardman. <laughs> yeah. And the backup tied in a lot, actually. He did really well. He played better than Kittle did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it was incredible. Like I saw, this was the hardest path to the Super Bowl. When you talk about playoffs, like every team that they played, it was, you know, the Ravens had one of the all time great DVOAs of any team in like the playoff era. Yeah. Uh, they go in and win on the road there. They beat Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills on the road. They, you know, beat the the Dolphins, and then they go into a 49ers team that, you know, definitely the better team, but Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes and pretty solid defense. It was really fun to watch Pat do it. You know, like you said, those last four drives were have to have it. Like, had to have it, had to have it, and he made those plays, uh, makes the throws and when you need him to, gets the run, gets the yardage when you need to. On fourth and one, you do not get – Anybody, you don't give the ball to anybody else. You just let Mahomes go do what yeah. he needs to do. And of course, like the Chiefs can't run, they can't do a, uh, a tush push play because no, you know, they're we not trying to get, get his knee broken again. So that makes that that a little bit more difficult. But um, man, just what a legend! Uh, three Super Bowls already is incredible. You know, Brady has seven. And just to be even like saying that he's on pace to do it is just crazy. Like he's already in. A conversation in group with Montana and Brady. Yeah, I don't remember what the accolades were, but that's the list. That's the list, and Damn. that's literally the top two quarterbacks ever. It's just insane. <laughs> and that dude went to Tech, and you know, we couldn't win with him here, unfortunately. Well, but that's the other funny part is he was down in ten plus points in all these games, and in yeah. every Super Bowl he's been down ten. And I'm like, it's yeah, you learned that at Texas Tech because of Cliff and no defense. Yeah. He was always down. And now he has a defense that can keep him in these games when and just wait. You were waiting. And like you said, yeah. the punt was the biggest part of the game because up until that point, <sighs> the offense hadn't done anything. And to and finally be gifted the ball right there in territory to score. There was one. I kind of saw the, the light click on. Mahomes had a run to the left side, and he needed to lower his shoulder and bust through a couple guys, pick up the first yeah. down. And from then, I was like, oh, that might have just – clicked yeah. him on like that might have flipped his switch to be pumped and ready and it was and now i'm like they need to re-sign chris jones obviously mm-hmm. and then go get a receiver in the draft and sign a guy so you and don't then, have a yeah. scrub ass core again maybe see might have already looked at some mock drafts of who they're gonna draft <laughs> 
Yeah, I would. Uh, Troy Franklin from Oregon is a possibility. That'd be good. And but I don't know I like if you the want, better one is Keon yeah. Coleman, Florida State yeah, Florida guy. State, He's yeah. like a six four outside receiver type dude, and that's what they really need. Yeah, but I, I need them to go get like a good and then bet. Go yes, get a they need that too. Free agency, and and you've got the perfect pitch. You know, like hey, with Mahomes, you're gonna play for a AFC championship. Yeah. You're going to play for a You're going to be in the AFC Championship next year. We traded Tyree <laughs> Kill, maybe the best receiver in the game away, and we just went and won two Super Bowls with that. Yeah, isn't that wild? Like, it's freaking crazy. You got um, all these draft picks and unloaded cap because of that, and you've just won two in a row. He's amazing. He's he's truly incredible to watch Mahomes is and and we all saw it at Tech and Oh yeah. You know, I I wasn't sure if it would translate to the NFL like this. Like I didn't see any of this happening. Um, but you put him with Andy Reid and one of the best tight ends ever and Travis Kelsey, yep. who's just unbelievable how wide open he can get on some of these plays. Um, and, and you know, that year of sitting behind Alex Smith, you know, obviously really helped him, but Big time. Just the six years as a starter, he's never not made the AFC championship. He's made the final made the four every year. Made the Super Bowl four times, won three <sighs> Super Bowls. It's just, it's insane. And, you know, my favorite thing is just like watching all the praise from everybody coming out about him. Like, it's just, <laughs> you just don't have an argument against him anymore. Like, can we not have him be in Disneyland the morning after the Super Bowl? Like, in Vegas, he was places. extremely hungover and didn't want to be there. Do that you know. today. Yeah, do that today or some other. T- I don't care. Do that like a week later. Let 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 him celebrate. Goodness, they were having let him a good sleep. Time. He just played a football game in an extra quarter and then partied his ass off all night yeah. and drank probably seventy Miller uh, Coors Lights. Yeah, not Miller Lights, Coors. Um, no, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's you know, and then they got the parade tomorrow. I'm pretty sure. No, dude, uh, seventy more cores lights. So more, more to come. Like, but you know, they're trained for this. This is not. This isn't their first radio. This is their, 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 <laughs> no. their third. I do like. I think the Super Bowl should be in Las Vegas every year. I, I like. I think it'll like, be a, back way more because yeah, that place is built for it. It's built for it. It's got the hotels. It accommodates everybody. All, all the live shows and stuff that you could do out there. You know, my my shows, the Dan Levitard show. They had the circa, uh, circa swim. Uh, they had that whole yeah. place rented out, and they were doing live shows there. You know, uh, I'm sure other show places were doing live shows. The longest other, escalator ever. Longest escalator. Ever. Best We've French fries there. ever. Been there. Um, but, but yeah, like, and then it like, just seems like for a great fans location. and whatnot. Even if you just want to go, like you have the casinos and shows yeah. and stuff. It's like there's other stuff to do. Oh yeah. You know, you don't have to find all the Super Bowl stuff. It's literally there, and you're in the same area. Yeah, and it, with the strip. It, if you're staying on the strip, like it's not very hard to get to the arena there because it's just right across the highway. So, um, I yeah. mean, if you're staying at like Park MGM where we stayed, you could pretty much just walk to the game. Um, mm-hmm. But it just seems like it's pro- it's a great location for it. It's kind yeah, of be back. You know, it's not hard to get to Vegas for anybody. Um, and so I, I thought they did a really good Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, another ring, another ring three for Patrick Mahomes. Texas Tech Red Raider. And what a way to kick off the Adidas campaign, you know. Three. Three. How do you do three? Apparently, there's a tick-off thing about it. So, think about it. And when we say, how do you do three? Do you do, like, uh, the three middle fingers? Or do you, like, three to the side? You know, how do you do it? Um, Let us know. Um, But, but yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Red Raider. What a way to kick off the transition to Adidas with uh, three-time Super Bowl champ Patrick Mahomes leading the way. I'm excited for all the Adidas stuff that's going to come later on this year. But wanted to get our thoughts in on the Super Bowl. We hadn't talked a whole lot of NFL, um, but just waited because Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, man. Um, And we're just uh, lucky to be living in a time where we get to watch this dude play football at the peak of his powers uh, and winning Super Bowls and representing uh, Texas Tech University. So, Shout out to him. Shout out to the Chiefs. Uh, what a journey. Uh, worst season under Pat Mahomes year. Still ends in the Super Bowl. So uh, looking forward to see what they do next year. And, of course, uh, we'll be there to you know talk about it when he wins number four, maybe. Um, but ultimately, that'll do it for us this week here at Tailgate Talks. Um, talking Texas Tech hoops and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, fun episode. 
lots of winning. Love talking about Super Bowl champions and winning basketball games, especially against the Kansas Jayhawks. And to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks through the rest of basketball season, March is around the corner. Uh, and so we're excited for all of that. And to catch all of that, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. Five stars for the tailgate. If you listen to us on Apple, you can leave us a review there. We always appreciate those. Also, follow us on social media. Remember, Twitter, at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our interacting. So if you want to get in touch with us, that's where to get us. Uh, we do have Instagram. We do have Facebook. We do have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, so make sure you are following those. Again, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, talking about some Texas Tech hoop dubs, talking about Patrick Mahomes. And as always, we will catch you all at the next tailgate.